Hey, welcome to episode number 79 of More Than Bread. I'm Dan. I'm your host. I'm your Bible reader and sometimes scripture explainer. But what if I told you that I am a stock guru? (laughs) My current investment ability makes Jim Cramer look like a financial toddler. And if you will invest just $100 using my method, you'll gain $10,000 in one year, a hundredfold increase. What would you say? Well, it depends. If you're a Bitcoin expert, you might think I can do better. Or, or at least a, a couple of years ago, you might have thought that. But most of us would say, wow, can I invest a thousand? But let's say you, you checked out my strategies, talked to past satisfied customers. Won't you be tempted, especially in this economy? The promise of a 100-fold return on investment seems almost too good be, to be true. But if it's true, it's good, isn't it? Or think about how many days of instruction it takes to get a college degree. If you go through our local university, Penn State, for your degree, it'll take about 700 days of instruction. A thousand for some of you. But but what if I told you, just give me one week, seven days. I'll show you a way to learn in one week what it takes most people 700 days to learn. What would you say? I mean, it'd be worth a try, wouldn't it? It's just seven days, and though the promise of a 100-fold return on a week of my time seems almost too good to be true, if it's true, it's really good. Or or what if, like me, you wrestle with your weight? You, you know that you have to burn 3,500 calories to lose one pound of weight, which is the equivalent of a week on a treadmill, or, or 18 Krispy Kreme donuts. <laughs> so, so I've always got my ear to the ground looking for the next low-effort way to lose weight. What if I told you I discovered a new exercise? It's so efficient that all you have to do is burn 35 calories to lose one pound of weight. (laughs) 100 times more efficient. Guys, you burn 35 calories using the remote control on Sunday afternoon. (laughs) Would you try it? Of course you would. You might not tell anyone you tried it, but you'd try it. Because even though the promise of a 100-fold return on my exercise investment seems like it's too good to be true, if it's true, it would be good. Because we're all looking for something more, aren't we? Well, what if I told you that I'd found a way to get a 100-fold return on your life? And I know that word life is a broad, all-encompassing word, but that's really what we're looking for, the kind of life that goes broad and deep and encompasses my family, my community, my career, my neighbors, the kind of life that does not give up when the battle heats up. Really, we're all in search of more life, this kind of life, a life that thrives, something more. Let me ask you a question I've asked a number of times as we've been going through this podcast on the Gospel of Mark. Has your vision of the Gospel been reduced to this principle, Jesus always forgives me and I always get a second chance? I mean, that's a powerful, liberating truth, but it's just not the whole story. Jesus did not merely say, I came and I died and I rose again so that you could be forgiven. He also said, I came and I died and I rose again so you could have life, so that you could really live. In other words, Jesus says, listen to me. There's more, but it's not just something more in the sweet by and by. It's not just good news. You, you, you get to go to heaven and live forever. It's good news. There's something more that will make you happy you can live forever. And it's something more now. Jesus said, I have good news. The kingdom of God has come now. What is up there has come down here. It, it's a kingdom that brings an inversion of life and turns the world upside down. It's a kingdom that brings about a radically new perspective of the mind and a radically passionate commitment of the heart. It's a kingdom, kingdom where a 100-fold return on life is, is more the norm than the exception. It's a kingdom of something more. That's what Mark's talking about in Mark's Gospel, chapter 4. 
we're going to take two episodes with this one to talk about seeds. And in the first episode, I'll, I'll talk about the first two, excuse me, episodes. We'll talk about seeds and then we'll finish up Mark 4 with some pondering on fear. So listen in as I read Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 34 in the New Living Translation. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat on the boat while all the people remained on the shore. My words, his boat was his pulpit. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables, such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath, Footpaths are hard ground, my words, and, and the birds came and eat it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the sh- soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60. Here it comes even a hundred times as much as had been planted. And then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant. They didn't understand. He replied, verse 11, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders. Now, now, my words, I just want you to picture this for a moment. Jesus himself is saying there are insiders and there are outsiders. This will be important as as we go on in a moment, but just catch that. There's insiders and the outsiders. Jesus says, you, the insiders, are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When I when they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Now, this is a hard verse, but but we'll come back to it. Verse 13, then Jesus said to him, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The devourer takes it away. Verse 16, the seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly, the message is crowded out by the worries. And in my mind, we could, we could put in the word distractions, the worries, the anxiety, the distractions of this life, the lure of wealth and desire for other things so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, listen to it again or even a hundred times as much as had been planted. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a a basket or under a bed? Of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open. Every secret will be brought to light. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he added, pay close attention to what you hear, because the closer you listen, the more understanding you'll be given, and you'll receive even more. To those who listen to my teaching, more understanding will be given. But for those who are not listening, even what little listening, what little understanding they have, it's, it's going to be taken away. It's going to be taken away. 
Verse 26, Jesus also said, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground. Night and day while he's asleep or awake, the seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't understand how it happens. The earth produces the crop on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. And as soon as the grain is ready, the farmer comes and harvests it with a sickle for the harvest time has come. And then finally one more seed parable. Verse 30, Jesus said, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground, the smallest of all seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. And Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. Now, in the next episode, we'll dive a bit more deeply into Jesus' main parable of the seeds. But for now, I just want to highlight a few general principles that come from all the parables in this part of Mark chapter 4. Not just the first one, but but the others as well. And, and, And the first one is this. Good news, Jesus says, there's more and the kingdom of something more has come. But if you want to understand the kingdom of God, you need to understand the power of seeds to produce a hundredfold return. You realize that Jesus believes your life has 100-fold capacity. You are a seed with a 100-fold capacity. Do you believe that? I mean, I struggle with this one sometimes. I, I find myself praying sometimes, God, if I could just have Bill Gates' money or Martin Luther King's leadership capacities, if I could just preach like Francis Chan or write like Tim Keller, I could do stuff. God, I could do stuff. So many of us don't really believe we have what it takes to live a thriving life, let alone make a difference in someone else's life. Others maybe, not me. I'm so small. Not like Jesus, not like the disciples. I'm so small. In Mark chapter 4, verses 1 through 20, Jesus is telling a story of growth and harvest. And, and actually, it's a story of uncommon growth and harvest. In those days, a seven or maybe tenfold yield was common. I mean, Jesus would have immediately garnered the people's attention with talk of a 100-fold yield, even the 30 and the 60. And, and then he turns the story into a parable about life. He says, listen to me, if you let God's word take root in your hearts, you'll get at least a 30-fold, but maybe even a 100-fold return on life. If you let God's word take root in your life, in your hearts, there's something in every human heart, I believe this, that longs to soar, that longs to live a life of significance and meaning, to have a future filled with possibility and, and potential, wide open, no holds barred, no regrets. And in the kingdom of something more, listen to me, in the kingdom of something more, there is something more to you than you can see. But when you find something more, if you don't plant the seed, <laughs> and when we plant the seed... We're surrendering control. Jesus goes on in verses 26 through 29, says the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground night and day while he's asleep or awake. The seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't totally understand how it happens. In other words, he he doesn't have control over it happening. All he can do is plant the seed. Now, I understand that we live in a culture that doesn't have to plant seeds in order to live. At least most of us don't. So sure, sure, many of you can drive a few miles and find farms or at least gardens 
But in Jesus' day, if you didn't plant, you didn't eat. Everyone planted. So when Jesus said the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seeds on the ground, everyone could relate. They, they knew what was required to grow a crop. They knew that there were some things they could do and some things they had absolutely no control over. I grew up in a farming community. I, everybody knew there were some things that you could do and you did what you could do. And there's some things that you had absolutely no control over. See, when it comes to the something more of the kingdom, we need to remember that there are things that we are not in control of. We, we need to remember, you plant, but God grows. You plant, but God grows. I like a kingdom I can control, right? A something more that I can turn on and off and shape into the exact more that I seek, but you can't control it. We plant, but God grows. We can't make it grow. You can build a house, you can build a water, but you can't build a watermelon. You, you can't make it happen. But it happens, right? I mean, there's something in the seed, and when you plant it, it doesn't matter whether you're asleep or awake. It's growing. You can't see it, but it's growing. You aren't responsible for it. You can't control it. You can't make it happen, but it's going to happen as long as the soil is good. Now, Jesus doesn't stop there. He continues with this talk of seeds. He says, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed planted in the ground, smallest of seeds, but it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. I mean, think about this. The people listening have left everything to follow Jesus. Some of them, his closest followers, his disciples. They've left jobs and friends and family. They're following Jesus, wandering all over the countryside, bumming mills and sleeping on the ground. But they're doing it because they have this sense that Jesus is going to lead them to something more. And then Jesus says, the kingdom of God is like this tiny mustard seed. Did you know that in Jesus' day, Jewish law prohibited the growing of mustard seed in a garden? <laughs> in Mediterranean climates, mustard was like a weed, so, so it's kind of like to these men who have left everything to follow Jesus, Jesus says the kingdom you seek is like this tiny, insignificant seed of a weed. <laughs> I'm just thinking, well, thanks, Jesus. Now I'm really excited. Glad I left everything for that. Jesus points out something so small, so insignificant that no one seeks it out and no one saves it. No one looks for it. It's trampled underfoot. And Jesus says, this is what the kingdom of God is like, which means, listen, this, this may be the most important thing you, you hear in this podcast. Don't miss the significance of small seeds in, in your heart, in your life, in, in you and through you. We, we like things big. I want a bigger house, a bigger car, more impact, bigger church. I wrestle with this. I want a bigger church. I want more influence, a bigger dream. We're always looking for the next big thing because if it's not big, it must not be God, right? The world media doesn't go around with cameras looking for small, insignificant news stories. Like here we are in Phillipsburg, Pennsylvania, where Mabel has just finished knitting a sweater for her cat. Mabel, tell us how you feel. No, we want God to show up in the big. We're looking for God to show up in the big, but instead God shows up in rural Galilee as a carpenter who picks up a mustard seed and says, this is the beginning of something more. I long for us not to miss this. I long for me not to miss this. I long for us to get it to embrace the significance of small seeds, small seeds planted in your neighborhood, not, not big gatherings on Sunday morning. I love big gatherings on Sunday morning, but listen to me. I long for us to embrace the significance of small seeds. I, I long for us to have ears which hear the still small voice of God in the wind and, and eyes which will see God at work in the mustard seed moments. 
It's God saying, I want to plant my kingdom in your life. I want to grow my kingdom throughout this city, throughout your neighborhood. Two more important points about seeds and a hundredfold life. First of all, I have to die before I get a hundredfold harvest. You get that, right? The seed has to be planted. The seed has to die in order to give life. I have to die to myself if I want a hundredfold return on life. I have to give up, give away, bury my desire to do what I want. I have to be willing to give away my time, give up my comfort. And in the words of the last episode, I have to surrender. Let me ask you, what do you need to give up, give away, or bury in order to plant a seed? And I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, you don't understand, Dan. Not only am I small, I'm a mess. My my marriage is a mess. My character's all messed up. I'm sleeping with my girlfriend. I'm stealing from my boss. I can't stop my anger. I'm addicted to porn. I'm so full of pride that no one wants to be around me. Or, or maybe it's the mess around you that bothers you. Dan, my neighbors are a mess. The university is a mess. My, my workplace is a mess. The world is a mess. You know what? Here's the last point when it comes to seeds in the kingdom of God. I love this. Growing up on a farm, I, I understand this. Seeds grow best in the mess. <laughs> you have to get dirty to plant seeds. In fact, if you really want a seed to sprout, don't just cover it with dirt. Mix in some chicken poop, <laughs> some pig poop. And then those seeds will really grow. You hear what I'm saying? We want everything to be neat and sterile. Like, like here, I'll just scatter these seeds on the floor at church. But you can't plant seeds and not get dirty. Listen to me. God says, I love where you live. I I know it's a mess. In fact, it mirrors the state of your heart without me. But I will grow my kingdom in that mess. Listen, your life is a seed. Plant it. Your life is a seed. Plant it. Go out in the dirt and the manure of life and plant your seed, God says, and then see what I do. What if we're just a seed and there's something more? We'll come back to Mark chapter 3, the first part, but let me just read the the last part of what we read today again and then pray for you. And it starts in verse 21. Then Jesus asked them, would anyone light a lamp and then put it under a basket or under a bed? Bed, of course not. A lamp is placed on a stand where its light will shine for everything that's hidden will eventually be brought into the open. Every secret will be brought to life. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. And then he added, we're back to the seeds, hearing Pay close attention to what you hear because the closer you listen, the more understanding you will be given. You'll receive even more. But for those who are not listening, even what little understanding they have will be taken away from them. Jesus also said, verse 26, the kingdom of God is like a farmer who scatters seed on the ground night and day while he's asleep or awake. The seed sprouts and grows, but he doesn't understand how it happens. In my words, he doesn't control it. Verse 28, the earth produces the crops on its own. First a leaf blade pushes through, then the heads of wheat are formed, and finally the grain ripens. Verse 30, and again, how can I describe the kingdom of God? What story should I use to illustrate it? It's like a mustard seed, (laughs) or as we just said, the smallest seed of a weed. (laughs) It's planted in the ground. But it becomes the largest of all garden plants. It grows long branches and birds can make nests in its shade. Jesus used many similar stories and illustrations to teach the people as much as they could understand. In fact, in his public ministry, he never taught without using parables. But afterwards, when he was alone with his disciples, he explained everything to them. And that's what we'll get to tomorrow. Let me pray for you. Father, I just I pray that we would not disregard small beginnings, small seeds, 
even if at times it seems like the seed of a weed, (laughs) that you have a deep desire to to plant us the smallest of seeds in, in neighborhoods and workplaces and relationships all over, everywhere we live. God, we're not too small to make a difference. In fact, it's good to be small. We're not in control of it, but it's good to be small. And Father, I pray that every person listening would understand that that, that seeds work best in a bit of mess. <laughs> that the mess of the world is a good place to plant the seed of your life. Father, would you impress upon us by your Spirit that our lives are a seed, and would you call us to plant them, that we would go out in the dirt and the manure of life and plant the seeds of our life. And and then, God, would you bring a harvest, 30, 60, 100-fold. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.